everyone, and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori. Blast from the freaking past. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was fun. It was like putting on a nice, comfy pair of pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Lori's here this week. We are. She is one of our reunion tour members that we're doing this season. Obviously, we love Lori here, and there's a lot to catch up on. Uh, it's been two years, right? Wow, two years yeah, since you've been so. on. Yeah. So yeah. there's lots of things that have happened, whether it's personal reselling, all that kind of stuff. So we're just going to dive right in and get back to it. Lori, go ahead. You can say it. Uh, let, well, I'll see you at the table. <laughs> Is that it? What am I supposed to say? <laughs> we'll see you at the table. <laughs> we'll see you at the table, everyone. Come on, bring your coffee. That's so funny. That <laughs> caught me off guard. I know. <laughs> we planned the first part, not the second part. <laughs> well, thank you, Lori, for coming on and chatting with us today. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, it's, yeah, life is good. Life is moving forward and doing my best to stay focused and stay in my lane and just kind of get, get it done, get her done. Like <laughs> I feel like I finally have some clear goals in mind right now. And Ooh, I love that. Well, yeah, you know, and I just, I don't know. I feel like uh, I'm getting a handle on this. It's it just, I just celebrated five years. I think August 18th was five years in reselling like formally. And so, yeah, that's kind of a, it definitely made me reflect a little bit on where I've been, where I want to go, what I want for my business, you know, the time I want to put in and all that, all that fun stuff. So, yeah. So I'm sure there's some new listeners who haven't gone back to season one, maybe who just started this season, who mm -hmm. might not know who you are, although I find sure. that to be hard to believe. Oh, I'm sure um, there are plenty of people who <laughs> don't know who I am. <laughs> so why don't you give them a brief little intro as to who you are? Sure, sure. So hi, everybody. My name is Lori. I am a reseller on Poshmark and on eBay. And, um, I, as I mentioned, have been a reseller for about five years. I also have a YouTube channel called Lori's Boston found. And I think I, at this stage of the game, probably split my time 50, 50 between YouTube and reselling. Um, I also started a second channel about a year ago, I guess. And maybe it's going to be a year in February. I don't even know. I honestly, the dates have been mushing together for a long time. <laughs> um, and I started that as kind of like a vlog style channel because, um, I just wanted to talk about other stuff besides reselling. And so that was a fun outlet. I used to talk about Weight Watchers over there and handbags and stuff. And it's kind of morphed into journaling, planning, and most recently fountain pens, my weird obsession with pens, <laughs> um, and writing. And so, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I turned 50 this year, which was a big milestone. So I had all these things kind of happening this year, lost my dad in March, turned 50 in July, and then had celebrated five years of reselling. So, you know, and all of my kids are out of the house now that happened last fall. So I, I definitely think that this is kind of a, a new year for me, like kind of a, 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 a turn in the road or something. Yeah. Like that. Almost like a, a restart, new chapter, turning the it page. Is a new, yeah. I do think it's kind of a new chapter. I do. I do. Um, so let's kind of go back 
in time. The last time that you came on, we talked about that you were going to be starting this new adventure with the YouTube channel and everything. You were really looking into like lifestyle and kind of what you mentioned, you know, looking at the handbags and all that. And and you were always journaling. Like that was always a part of you. But I feel like it's really morphed over the last year and it's really become a part of who you are and and, and a daily practice for you. Um, It has. Can you kind of walk people through like what, how did that even come about? I know it, it, see, it, it's even weird when I say it out loud because I've never been this like super deep person or like, oh, let me go do my writing. I'll be right back. Like that's never been me, but I've always really been into planning or, or more like I, I was kind of a planner wannabe because I'm notoriously a little scatterbrained. So like I would have four planners and then like not even get through them in the year. But um, that was kind of my thing was planning. And I liked all the little you know, the stickers and all the fun tchotchkes that went with it. And prior to that, before, before reselling, I was a creative memories consultant for, which was a scrapbook company. And I did that for a decade while my kids are little and I was a school teacher. So I kind of feel like all the, like I used to think of my scrapbooks as mini bulletin boards, you know, like you would do for school. Um, But yeah, so the, the planning was planning. And I think it, it's kind of like timing is everything. Cause I think when my dad started to get sick, which was like last August, didn't really know he was sick, sick until October through December. And then we lost him in three months. It was really fast and sad. But um, I think when he was really sick in the throes of it, when we found out his cancer was back, I just started writing and I had picked up a couple of fountain pens and there was just something super, super therapeutic to me about like changing the ink, choosing the color, like all the little mindless things that some people would be like, just grab a Bic pen and like click it. And <laughs> what are you doing? You're weird. Right. But to me, it was more like, well, this is kind of fun. It's something else to think about. Yeah. And so I started ordering different fountain pens. And then do I like a medium nib or do I like a broad nib? And how does this one write? And oh, there's an Italian brand. And oh, what are these Japanese brands? And then you find out there's this total like nerdy subculture of pen people, but they're really interesting. And there are pens from all over the world. And then you learn about different makers and it it just, it gets so out there, but I got kind of caught up in all of that. And much like I did with reselling, I just enjoyed watching all the videos and learning about the different pens. And it, there was a lot of crossover between the planner community and the pen community. And that's how I found out about fountain pens. One of the people I follow all the time for planner content um, bought a fountain pen and I was kind of intrigued by it. So that's when I started with that. And then I learned a little bit about, uh, there's a book called, I think it's the artist way. And they talk about morning pages as a form of not so much therapy, but just Mm -hmm. kind of like waking up and before your feet hit the ground, just writing. And they tell you to write for three pages, stream of consciousness, like just get it out. Mm -hmm. Complete sentences don't matter. Spelling doesn't matter. Penmanship doesn't matter. Just get the thoughts out. And I was having fun doing that with my fountain pens. And I would pick like a different color every day. And it was just really helping me. I think when my dad was sick and I just felt helpless or whatever was going on, even if it was a good day, I would just get up and write. And I just kept going back to it and going back to it. And I'm like, what is this? Who am I? I'm not a writer. (laughs) I don't do this. And then I also think that given the time in my life, I wasn't planning for much because I mean, I was, you know, driving to Dana-Farber, like that was like my day or my life. But anyway, that's kind of how it started. And it just kept going. And then I just got really interested in that. And then I just kind of took my channel in that direction. And I've just, it's just become kind of a creative outlet for me. I really like it. 
How is that channel doing? Because I know it's more of like a side project, right? It's more of like this labor of love where the reselling channel has gained the momentum. You've got that following. It's a little different, right? The comparing the two channels. It is different. Um, it It is. I just do it for fun. Like I, I don't like I, I've been putting out a lot of pen content and I have some pen videos that are like doing really well. And then I have people who are probably like, lady, I didn't sign up for this. And then, you know, they're unsubscribing, which is totally fine. In a sense on that channel, I kind of want that. Like I kind of want it to, to weed out the people who it, not in a mean way, just like, you right, know, right. they signed up for, but some will hang around for the, for the different content. And I do other things. Like I did, I do like bag reviews and um, like, I try to do things that can also relate to pens. Like I'm going to Japan soon. And so I want to do like packing for Japan, like what journaling supplies am I going to bring? But it's mm-hmm. also a little lifestyle. So a lot of the stuff still applies to planning and stuff, but then I'll pull other elements into it for fun. I think that's, I think it's nice to have that because the reselling side of the YouTube, it, I mean, it's work, right? There's no way around mm-hmm. it. You're constantly- I still really it, enjoy it, but of it's course. definitely work. Right. Yeah. It's it's different. You, you're expected to put out a certain kind of content. You're expected to do X, Y, and Z because you've built that audience around it. Where this one, it's almost like, well, whatever I do, I do. And the people that want to stick around, they stick around. Whoever doesn't, that's fine. But at least you're in- you're enjoying it. It's like this passion project more than anything. And yeah. and it's therapeutic. I mean, it may not be quote unquote therapy, but it is therapeutic for you. It's I a feel like it has been. What's interesting is recently as I've kind of like gotten over the the hurdle of losing my father and in, in all the things that go along with that. When I wake up and I write some days, I kind of like am running out of things. Like I'm like, I don't really have three pages to write about today. And mm-hmm. so like I'll write a page. And then I'll leave my journal open and I'll go about my business. And I have this habit of writing the time that I'm writing because I also think I'm ADD. And like sometimes like I'll start writing at 6.50 and then I'll get halfway through a page and I'll I'll go back and it'll be like 10.45. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I left off here. And I'll write 10.45 and I'll write whatever's on my mind then. But what I'm noticing now is, you know, I used to like look down at my notebook and or my journal and not look up for three pages. But now I, I kind of feel like I'm like antsy, like, oh, I, I want to do this and that, or I want to walk lumpy, or I want to pull okay. my sails or whatever it is I want to do. And it's funny because I now even think like my journaling starting to change just recently. Yeah. So I well, do think I mean, it's like therapy. Totally. Yeah. And, and you're in a different stage now in, in grief and life and all of that. So, but it's a nice outlet to have. I, I started journaling and then I stop. It's like one of those things where like I do it and then I stop and then I go back to it and then I stop. And then it's like, I, it's hard for me to keep it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's just because I'm kind of like you were not that you lose interest in it, but it's like, there's other things I need to do. Like, right. This you know is what I mean? much time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're like I can type time this here. in five seconds. Like, what <laughs> am I doing writing this? And no, and I totally get that too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's for everyone. Like, I tried to get Angie into it and she's like, mom, I just, I'm not into it. I don't like my handwriting. I'm not into all these weird pens. And I'm like, and I'm like, you have to use these pens. She's like, no, no. Like, but Angie has the most extensive library in her notes on her phone. She has like every concert she's ever been, ever been to. She writes like out her fitness programs, like that she wants to teach for class. She has places she wants to go and it's all documented. She just does it on her phone, you know? So I think everybody kind of has their own way. I was talking to um, Paul from Philly Flippers. I was on his podcast 
and he's journaling now. Like we talked is similar. And uh, I noticed he posts on his stories, like what he's doing for the day. And he starts out with journaling and he's like, is it okay if I type this? I'm like, of course it is. <laughs> you do whatever works for you, you know, yeah. um, he's kept up with it, which I love. Yeah. So it's not in it, you know, Jay, Jay's like, no, no, no I'm not a writer. There's nothing I, I want to write, you know? Some people are like, I don't want to write my thoughts down. What if somebody catches, what if someone reads my journals? I'm like, another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Never really thought of that. I don't know. I guess someone will know my thoughts someday. But there's also something beautiful about that, right? Like we've gone through some of my grandmother's old cookbooks or letters or things like that when she first came over here to America. And there's letters from, you know, my aunts and stuff in Italy. And Priceless. there's something really special about that. Mm-hmm. No matter what they say, you know, it's just a yeah. special thing to see the handwriting. Like, I think there's just something so nice to see that person's handwriting that's not there anymore. That was a big focus when I was a creative memories consultant, because we really focused a lot on journaling about the pictures different from just, that's what makes scrapbooking different than just a photo album. Cause yeah. there's writing and, you know, memorabilia that goes along with the photos. And one of the things we would always say is if there were five letters in the middle of the table and you didn't know who wrote them, who had written the letters, would you be able to pick out your mother's letter, your father's letter, or your grandmother, someone you love, someone significant in your life? Would you be able to pick the letter in the middle of the table based on the handwriting? Everyone was like, of course, because handwriting is important. Whether people have chicken scratch or they write calligraphy, (laughs) it belongs to a person who, you know, and that gives it some meaning, which I think is cool. It is. So you brought up Jay. I want to bring up Jay real quick before we go into reselling. So Jay's doing a side project that I love. Ah. Can we talk about it? Because I think it's so, it's so him. It's so him. Yes. Um, But what is also so him. So my husband, his name is Jay. During the pandemic, uh, my son turned 21 and my husband had started to experiment with making tiki drinks. He just (laughs) liked tiki culture. He bought a book. He started making tiki drinks. Like things were showing up at our house, you know, like, uh, we had like the, what is it? Like the bitters and he would, yep. he, yep. we had all sorts of mixology stuff around the house. And then Anthony turned 21 in the heart of the pandemic. It was April of 2020. Mm-hmm. So we decided we were going to throw him a 21st birthday tiki style. And it's kind of taken on a life of its own. He then was, um, you know, on the Peloton, his name is Tiki J and he was riding the Peloton one day. And it was a live class that he happened to be like taking. So you could see people in the studio and he's like, everybody was just in black. And I just thought it was so boring. I'm like, they're in black for a reason, Jay. Like (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's spinning and it's easy. You don't have to think about it. He goes, it's Mm -hmm. boring. Like, I don't know. Doesn't. And and so then he kind of had this concept to come up with uh, basically Hawaiian shirts, but moisture wick you know, so Hawaiian shirts on workout gear. So it's called Tiki J athletic wear. We launched it together. We found, um, we found a designer. Uh, one was in Portugal, you know, through, uh, mm-hmm. online and she was fantastic. And I loved her artwork. So we like, we 
put it out to a couple different artists and we went with two, but one in particular, we really loved the woman from Portugal and she had gorgeous designs. And, you know, we looked for people who specialized in, I don't want to say tapestry. Um, there was a word, there was a word for Hawaiian prints, whatever and, that is, um, whatever it was. And yeah. anyways, we found some people and then we were really passionate about wanting it made in America. So we happened to find somebody locally, um, in new England who, who did these shirts. We sent him our concept and he wrote back. And so, yeah. So anyways, we launched it, but this is where this is. So Jay, Jay is like anti-social media. Yeah. So there's been no marketing whatsoever, except for when I mentioned it for you. at the <laughs> end of one of my videos. And we had a great response. We sold like $2,000 in a week and it's kind of died since then because again, life is busy. Jay <laughs> yeah. has like another role at work and he's like, I just totally underestimated the marketing piece. Like he said, I knew all the finance stuff. Like I knew who to reach out to. Like the creative process mm -hmm. is so much fun. But he's like, I just underestimated like how much work, you know? So now we're trying to expand it to like Tiki Tata and encourage our children who are business majors, yeah. like just take it, like do mm -hmm. the, please, please take our Instagram account because I can barely keep up with my Instagram accounts and Jay's hasn't touched it. He, like we haven't done one post. I'm like, Jay, this is so bad. He's like, <laughs> anybody can do it. I'm like, I don't have the time to do it. So it's on hold. It's, I mean, you can purchase any of the Tiki J wear through my website, but my kids have said, that's so lame, mom. Like dad needs his own website. I'm like, I don't disagree. We're just not like carving out the time to create a website. So eventually, yeah. but we see so much potential for this because we feel like we could collaborate with races. Yes. So K's that are happening, mm -hmm. um, or we could go into bars. We could go into Tiki bars. So, oh, the cool thing about every shirt is we have a recipe that goes with every shirt. So the Tiki J original is called the cool down and it's kind of like our take on a pina colada. And we've swapped out some like high calorie, high sugar ingredients for like coconut water or fresh fruit, frozen fruit. So we've tried to do a little healthy spin, but, but they're still alcoholic drinks. Right. So they're not, you know, um, so every shirt you purchase comes with a postcard with the print of the shirt on one side and then the recipe to that drink on the other side. And then you have your spot where you can mail a letter. So it's kind of this like fun, like chill vibe, um, you know, go have a nice workout and then have a cocktail sort of thing. So I thought that would be so cool if we could work with local bars yeah, and they could like make our drinks and then we could do shirts for giveaways or so. So that's why I said to Angelina, like, take this back to school with you. She's in right. a fraternity you can have all the money. Like we'll give you all the profit. Like just if you could, this could be your business plan for business school, like take right. it. So we've kind of started it and we're really excited about it, but we definitely, it has a long, long way to go. She could do some real fun TikTok content too. Cause the kids are all on TikTok. Like that's the perfect way to get the word out. With all that kind I of mean, stuff. Rocco's like big at the gym. He's like, I could interview people at the gym and, yeah. you know, like talk to people. But then they're like, you need tank tops, mom and dad. And Rock wants a, what Rock, Rocco wants like a cutoff, like a sleep, like a cutoff yeah, sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Just cut the sleeves on the sweatshirt if you want. <laughs> so they have a lot of opinions and there are a lot of good ideas. But I think each of my kids is so different. 
I feel like Anthony would be so good with marketing and like contacting people yeah. and follow up. And so, yeah, I said, why don't the three of you get together and talk? So that's kind of where I would love to see it go. Yeah. Oh, it's so exciting. There's so much potential for the future. I love it. <laughs> a lot of potential. Wait. It's going to be in your local Lululemon before you know it. Yeah. That wouldn't that be a great collab? That would be, <laughs> be great. Great. You're I think that would actually work well with their clientele, to be honest. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Oh, so many good things. Okay. So let's talk about reselling because I'm sure it's what people want to hear. Of course. Sure. Um, so where, so no, we'll go back two years ago. You were still kind of like growing the business. I mean, it was, it was big. You had a lot of inventory. You were very much into like bins, bins, bins. Right. And still yeah. I'd say that yeah. was up until recently, that's always been your thing. Um, and you had different goals that you wanted to hit with the reselling business. So how would you say your business has evolved over the last couple of years? Um, well, I think, I think I've maxed out as far as like how big I want to get as far as inventory goes. Yeah. Um, I've never aspired to be outside of my home. And now I'm just competing with the amount of inventory that's in my basement that's uh, boundaries have always been an issue for me and so i think i just i guess one of one of the the recent things that has happened in my business is i've kind of tapped the brakes finally i kind of reached my breaking point with just having just too much and being a content creator and wanting to share my reselling story with people. People get excited about hauls and I get excited about hauls. And I actually have somebody who helps me and works for me about 15 hours a week now, started at 10. And now I'm like, can you work 40 hours a week, please? Because I need, I need you, you. hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I actually think that introducing Tina, my assistant to my business was a big turning point for me because, excuse me, we think so differently. Like we worked together at American Girl for eight years together. And we were always put side by side for big events at the store and stuff. And we always worked well, but we're both pretty upbeat people, but we're also very different. And when she heard me, cause she was following me, cause she, she's on Poshmark. And one of the times that I said that I needed someone because my assistant, Caitlin, yes. who was a high school student was going to college, Tina called me and she's like, I can't not call you because my kids are older now too. And I think you need me. And I think I'd be happy to drive there. And initially I thought I wanted somebody virtual, but thank God she kind of pushed to be in person, you know, cause it's like, I got to clean my house in the morning. You know, it's different when it's a high school student coming over after yeah. school, it's somebody else. I'm like, Oh my God, did Rocco flush the toilet? You know, yeah. before we got like, it's just like one of those things, like yeah. someone in your house at like nine in the morning, two times a week, it's different. Yeah. So but I mean, it's just turned out to be so good. And Tina has just helped me revamp and just focus. Um, and so now, I just a couple of weeks ago, introduced a video talking about how I want to just slow my roll with reselling. I have no intention of stopping whatsoever. I just finally want to get a hold and refine it all and um, cut back my inventory. I feel like I've been talking about cutting back my inventory for years, but like I'm actually doing something now. Like we, we carved out a path and I, I just think it's a common thing. I, I, so I put out this video that's just said, it's time to let go. You, you commented on it. You called me, which was very nice. And I was completely overwhelmed by the response to that video because I almost didn't post it. 
And I'm glad you did. I am too, because it, it's just freed me in so many ways. And I mean, basically in the video, I just stated that, I don't know, like when I lost my dad, he was a minimalist. We have like four bags of clothes is what I said. And it kind of hit me like we didn't know what to do with these four little trash bags of clothes. And then I looked around my house and I thought, what, what would my family do? Like, I just have so much stuff and I'm a stuff person. Like I, I just, it's just, I don't know why. I don't know where my childhood, what some psychologists would say about me, but I, I collect, I, I accumulate, I complete sets. It's just this weird mentality I have. And it's gotten me into trouble with reselling. I mean, I've always been profitable with reselling. I'm not in the red. I'm selling more than I buy. It's not that type of an issue, but it's more of a personal issue because it bothers me. The clutter bothers me when I lose something, when somebody buys it and I can't find it, that bothers me because I believe in good customer service. So I just kind of hit this place when I realized how much stuff I had and I just, I just want more for myself. And I think that my stuff is holding me back, my personal stuff and my business. And I'm 50. And so like, again, kind of what we talked about earlier, I had all these things happen this year and I had just had it, but I think I felt like I needed to make a statement on my channel because my viewers and my regulars who watch me, they, I felt they are going, they expect my two big hauls a week. And I do my what sold video. I call them ship and shop videos where mm-hmm. I pull sales and then I go thrifting and then I'd go to the bins a couple times a month and I'd go to savers and all the places. But in, in with Tina, we were caught up, but I just wasn't getting ahead. So yeah. I think when I had Caitlin, I always had a rack of clothes and I had a big death pile. So I don't really have a death pile anymore, but I have so many things around the house I could sell. And Tina is doing everything she can just to, just to get, the haul that I posted last night listed, but we're never really like digging into, to what needs to right. have my attention. So when I said that video, what I said was that one, one day a week, I'm doing a video called slow fashion Friday. And it's just that it's just slowing down. It's kind of, I've called it like an anti haul last week because that's what I'm doing. I'm going through my stuff. We found like 15 pairs of shoes that were in inventory, but not listed. So, and then we found things we wanted to donate and it's, it's, I call it like the onion. We're peeling back a layer every week. And, and I've only done two of the slow fashion videos, but what quickly, what quickly came into focus for me is that I am going to clean out one part of my business and one part of my personal life each week. I've only done it two weeks. I'm working on my third video right now. We filmed the the business part of it today. And I just have to take it room by room, closet by closet. It, it might just be a drawer that I clean out. But I think if I try to look at my whole house, I'll be completely overwhelmed or my whole right. business. But this doing this one video a week has just given me freedom. And it's one less day that I'm thrifting. Mm-hmm. And we're listing more and like we can, and we're already seeing huge progress in just two weeks. And I'm like, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner, but I was afraid. I was afraid to do it because I thought it would impact the way I've been doing business and, and just my channel that people want to see the halls. But what I'm realizing is that so many people are in a similar situation. And I kind of just thought it was me, not just, I mean, I'm sure if I thought for five minutes, a lot of people could struggle with this, but 
I had no idea how many people would um, relate. I mean, in, in that video is is just like, I'm just glad I put it out there because it gave me the freedom to go in another direction and do the right thing for myself and my business. And I hope that other people are following along. I think one of the reasons why I enjoyed you putting that video out is because I knew it would resonate with a lot of people because I feel like in the profession of reselling, a lot of people that are in it fell into it because they like to find things. They are collectors. They enjoy that aspect of it. And then it kind of snowballs into this thing where you sell items, right? And then you have the other group of people, or I guess I could lump myself in where it's like, this this is, I need this to make extra money. I need to find the items that are going to make me the extra money. If I find extra things, cool. But like, I don't really care so much about that. So I think the majority of people in our community kind of fall into the camp of, they like stuff. Stuff is comforting to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to fall into that getting a lot of things all the time. And then it gets to a point where, like you said, I can't do it anymore. Like it is just too much. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know how to take that first step. And what you did was you basically laid it out for people like, this is what I'm going to do to take the first step. And we're going to go along with it together. And we're going to figure it out together because it might not work this way. And I might have to pivot. I might have to change the way that I'm doing it. But let's go through this journey together. Mm. And I think what you did without even realizing it, because I know you didn't want to hit publish, but what you did was now start a movement within your own community of people who are going to take the time to really step back from the constant buying and accumulating things and really look at what's in front of them Mm. and make those hard decisions. Is this a keep? Is this a donate? Is this just a toss? Um, You know, how, and, and kind of going through that whole process. It's a really hard process to go to go through, I'm sorry, as a business owner, especially when we have attachments to the items, we think they're special. And yeah. now I have to get rid of it, or I have to decide what to do with this thing. And at some point it had meaning to me. And now it doesn't necessarily have the same meaning. And it's just making me not feel good, but I feel guilty getting rid of it. There's mm. so much emotion that goes with it. And I yeah, think it was powerful for you to sit back and be vulnerable because it's a very vulnerable experience to admit to the internet, right? Like I suck at this and I need to be better at it. You know, I need to be better at this. And I realized that, but Mm -hmm. I also realized that there were things going on in my life that kind of kept me in this circle. And now I'm at a point where all that stuff is gone. I'm in a different place and I want to be better for myself. I want to be better for my family. I want my family to you know, be able to handle things. If I'm no longer here, like that takes that, that's a lot, you know, to put out there. Yeah. And what's funny is everybody at so at probably a hundred comments about the Swedish death cleaning. I had never heard of it. Like, it's funny because I've been watching minimalist. Um, what is it? Cause I don't know what that is. So it's, it's that exact thought. It's um, oh, I'm that. worried about the, I don't want my children to have to go through all this stuff. Yeah. Should I pass suddenly or, or even when right. if I or I get sick nine, Whatever. if I live to be a hundred, I still don't want them to have to go through all this junk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so when, as I've been doing my research for, you know, living more simply, uh, minimalism, which I, I said in that video, I'll never be a minimalist, but I'm fascinated by it. And like, I just yeah. like to see a different way of thinking, um, these videos for Swedish death 
cleaning. And I thought it was kind of gimmicky. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like I never clicked on it, but that's exactly what it is. It's like, mm. it's a practice that somebody I'm guessing in Sweden, someone in Sweden <laughs> decided that, um, you know, so this is a way of letting go of things and basically getting your things in order. So your children don't have to go through it. My dad was a minimalist. So like, I think that was even more impactful, but what I'm hearing from a lot of people in my comments in the, on these videos is like, not so much that like my mom had a lot of stuff. My mom had a, my father had a storage unit or I lost both parents and I have to go yeah. through their whole house. And I, I feel like I, I had the opposite thing. My dad was a minimalist and I looked at my own self and was like, this would be a complete nightmare for my family. And they don't want, I'm the collector. They're not, they don't want the stuff. Yeah. And I think what happened with me, like I'll use American Girl as an example. I was just going to say American Girl because that was your thing. Right. But it was like this really special thing. So if you ask Angelina, she loved it when she had like her two dolls, her Kit Kittredge and Samantha and that. And now it's morphed into all this. And now nothing is special because she has so much of it. But when it was just the two dolls, like it was manageable. It was like special. Yeah. She used her imagination if she didn't have the right toy to go with you know like mm -hmm. and she says to me now she's like I remember my friends would want to come over and all they would want to do is play with the dolls and I hated it because I wanted to do something else because I always had the dolls I wanted to right. like outside she goes and friends would say I invited you to my birthday because I thought you'd bring me a doll because you bought one for Susie Q <laughs> and and then she goes now I'm finding it 20 people invited me to their birthday just to get an American girl doll and it's just funny because I always like was like oh but this is so special and yeah. and I also think when you think oh I could sell this that's another problem another yes problem yes with these collections and I'm already like pens now. Like, I'm like, Oh, this one's limited edition. And like, I'm trying and I'm giving myself permission to be a little indulgent with the pens. Cause they don't take up a lot of space and they actually do bring me a lot of joy, but I recognize that I'm excessive there as well, but it just takes up a lot less space. And How? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it. That's it. No, I was just going to say, so when you said that you were going to sell your American girl collection, like it almost hurt my heart because I know how much it means to you to have those American girl pieces. Like you're very passionate about it. You work at the store and it, it, it just, you had that closet dedicated to it, you know? Oh so my God. it's kind what? of embarrassing though. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> like a creepy I'm, closet. I'm, a creepy closet. Yeah. The kids all laugh about that, that they wouldn't want to sleep in the basement. Nobody would want to sleep next to the dolls. No. And what Jay says and makes total sense. He's like, Lori, you can get rid of a lot of your collection and not get rid of all of your collection sure. and still have something for your grandchildren and whatever. Yeah. So yeah, like, and that's what I say about the layers. There's a lot of low hanging fruit. And even if I look at my American girl collection, like I could probably do a sweep right now and identify half that I would miss at all. So I'm not forcing myself to, to say, okay, you're going into this closet and you're not coming out until they're all listed, but, but three items. Cause I would fail miserably at that. So that's yeah. why it's like, and in my slow fashion Friday video is such motivation for me. Cause I'm like, Oh, got to get that video up. What am I doing today? Like I started cleaning out my linen closet. I got totally overwhelmed. And I said, I don't think I can do this this week. Cause I'm traveling. And I said it in yeah. my video, I don't think I'm going to be able to get through this, but I just want to show you what I'm up against. And now I'm like, screw that. I have tomorrow off. 
I'm going to tackle that closet and it's going to be this beautiful before and after because there's so much shit in that closet. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is awesome. So I did the shoes with Tina today. We filmed that. We inventoried shoes. We pulled more. We found more. We did another. Oh, we found more. Uh, more shoes, hunter boots that weren't listed, oh, Ugg boots that weren't listed. I don't, I mean, but I think also what happened was when Caitlin was my assistant, she was very focused on, like she had limited time. She was a high school student. So yeah. I would say, oh, just get the pictures done. I'll put them in inventory. I will list them. And then like, sometimes they didn't get put away. Sometimes they didn't get listed or sometimes I put them away. But and she didn't photographed. Or there was yeah. a draft, but then we didn't make it go live. And Tina is like complete the circle. That was like one of the very first things. She goes, what are all these things on the pinball table? And I'm like, pinball machine. And I said, those are things that we photographed. And I think they're, I think they're drafted, but like, we haven't put them in inventory. She's like, is there a reason they're not in inventory? I'm like, yeah, I'm lazy. I didn't get yeah, it. I was going to say, cause I don't want to. Cause it's I like moved the on worst to the next part. thing. And she's like, do you mind if I put them away? I'm like, no, not at all. <laughs> so Tina, like she would rather photograph, measure, draft, and put into inventory five items than take photos of 10. And it's so much smarter. So now mm -hmm. I know for a fact, if there's a photograph taken of something, it's already put away. And, yeah. and that's just how Tina is. And so we started working that way together. And she'd be like, well, isn't that video going live? Don't you want these things listed? I'm like, sure. <laughs> she'd say, all right, well then I'm going to stay and we're going to get the, and I'd be like, okay, thank you very much. You know, everyone so needs a Tina. Everyone. Period. And, and like you may be somebody who, or you or whoever's listening, yeah. you may be someone who is super efficient like Tina, but like, maybe, I don't know. Like I, I always say like, find someone who's good at doing the things that you're not good at doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like Tina jokes with me. She's like, the day you asked me to like film a video is the day I think I have to give my notice, you know, or something. Although <laughs> I'm going to get her to do a couple videos, but yeah, she's been really great and she cares and I trust her and she's been a friend for years. And um, yeah, she keeps coming back every week. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, that's, I think, that's good. Um, yeah, so I, that's, I think it's that's interesting. I think it's interesting to see you go through your own stuff because I watched the first one that you put out and um, I'm so bad with reseller content. I go through phases where like I watch it and then like, I just don't, I like drop off the face of the earth on YouTube and I don't watch it. But, mm -hmm. um, so the, but I thought it was so interesting because even the way you were talking to yourself through like each piece that you were finding yeah. and it's like, I don't know, Lori's going through it right now. Like she's vocalizing all the, all the things that she's feeling and like, why do I even have this? This is one single earring. Why is this here? You know, like, <laughs> well, it's funny. And, and then in last week's video, I just said, do you guys want to see that? Or do you just want to see the before and after? Cause I'm driving yeah. myself crazy. Who wants yeah. to watch that? You know, <laughs> but I mean, I enjoyed I, it. I do think it's different. And so as far as reseller content goes, we, every, you, anybody, we can all do hauls. We can all do, you know, and it, it's not that I, I never intended for this to stand out. I really yeah. didn't. It was more like, I hope you guys will hang in there with me because I'm not going to be doing as much. I'm still going to be going, but instead of getting 50 items, I'll get 20 items. Instead of going to yeah. Savers and buying 15, I'll get five or whatever. And so I was worried people weren't going to be interested. I really was. Mm. And 
but I, but I also knew that I needed it more for myself than I needed views or subscribers or any of that. So that's why I said like, you know, this is for me. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's just kind of worked out so far. People might fall off. Be, I know I can't fall off. I mean, I right. it's an accountability thing for you. Yeah. I have to see this through. So I, and I'm already like a little angst about going away because we're traveling to Tokyo. So I'm going to be away on a Friday. So I'm like, well, do I just do something? Like, do I just pick a small closet and just do it? So I have that as a place, you know, and I'm like worried about it, you know? So I, I don't know. I might try to film something before I go and edit on the 14 hour plane ride. So I have something for next Friday or the Friday that it comes out, or I will just, you know, take a week off. Um, but so, yeah, there's something that's definitely motivating to me about having this. Um, and then I have a hidden gem each week where like I uncover something that I forgot I had, whether it's an inventory piece or it's something in my own personal, because I think that's what happens when you have too much. You forget the good stuff you do have because you're too What's, busy looking for the stuff you can't find. Right. And I think there's, so there's like, it's like twofold. So there's that feeling and you kind of alluded to it to always needing to get more, right? Like whatever that looks like for you any person who's listening, because we all fall into that. Like I, I need to either, either it's for content or I feel like I have to get more to put into the business. Cause that's kind of the, the culture that exists, mm -hmm. but no one wants to talk about the stuff that you're talking about because it's not fancy. It's not like, it's not fun. Not it's all. not glamorous. <laughs> it's not, at all. not fun. Number it's one. For me, it's embarrassing because mm -hmm. like I, I try to be professional in my videos and I think a lot of people do or whatever, but not, yeah. But it's like, I'm not looking to tell people that I'm like a pseudo hoarder, you know, but yeah. that's what I feel like. And I, but I don't really have anything to lose. Right. I, mean, I, I, I always feel like if it's the truth, it is what it is, you know? Right. And hide I, from it. no, and I think it's nice to see the other side of it. It's not always the halls. It's not always, here's all the amazing things that sold, you know, it's because there's more to owning a business than just that. Like there's a lot of bad things that can happen. There's a lot of like in between stuff where you're questioning every movement that you've made. And it was this wrong from the start. And now I got to start all over again. You know, there's all these different emotions and, and feelings that come up. What would you say has been the most eye opening thing as you're going through your inventory? Is there like one specific thing that you really want to get better at whether it comes to sourcing or whatever it is? Um. I mean, I, I always feel like I could benefit from being more analytical, like looking at, okay, so what is my top selling category? You yeah. know, should I be leaning into shoes more than I am to jeans? Should I let go of a category? You know, like I'm starting to feel very confident about like leaving kids stuff behind. Um, unless I'm at the bins, like I, I'm never like, you know, I live in the gray area. It's never yeah. black and white for me. Um, but I, I, Oh gosh, what I I just want I want to get back to the days where all my pictures I felt were beautiful and that I had this just like more of a boutique feeling mm. than just this Walmart store. You know, and I mm. kind of feel like I've gone more that direction because I'm right now I'm just trying to pump through things like and Tina right. will list everything and sometimes I'll be like do I really want that in my Poshmark closet? Like it's not it's not yeah. the look or vibe that I want, but um 
I still want to be under a thousand items. I'd, I'd rather have less items. And I just like know my inventory inside and out that it's just like, there's a bin for everything and nothing more, nothing less, you know, like I just, I, I just am seeing more and more every day how important systems are. And there are people who just have their systems in place from the word go, but I feel like I've been backpedaling for five years. And the other thing that, oh, here's something that's been super eye-opening. I can't believe how little time it actually takes to go through these things that have felt so overwhelming for years. And I'll take, take the shoes as an example. I've never inventoried my shoes. Like I had a general spot for boots, a general spot for heels, sneakers, slippers, ad, whichever, flats. But nothing was like, I did not have an inventory number attached to them. They were not in a bin. There was nothing I could scan to find them. So as we've been going through the shoes and putting them into inventory, like we've probably been through 200 pairs of shoes and like, like Tina comes in at nine 30 and usually we do shipping first. shipping's usually done by 10 30, 11 o'clock. Then she'll go downstairs. She will photograph stuff and I will either edit videos or make listings go live. She comes upstairs at about 1230 for lunch. We sit down for lunch and we chat for about 20 minutes to a half an hour. We don't really look at the clock. And then when she goes down after lunch, She'll she'll finish up whatever she was doing for photographs. And then like at about 2.30, I'll say at 2.30, let's do Slow Fashion Friday. I have her for one hour. So I'll come downstairs, we'll work together. And today we started it at two, but in an hour and a half, we went through like a hundred pairs of shoes. We filled a Hulkin bag with wow. unlisted shoes, shoes that were unlisted. Do you want to hear the funniest freaking thing ever? I had a pair of my own personal Ufus and my own L.L. Bean slippers that were in my inventory bins in the basement that had somehow gotten thrown in with my inventory, my own slippers and my own sandals. And I'm like, wait a second. These are mine. I haven't seen these in months. They were in my inventory. Did you even know they were missing? I did. <laughs> I did. But I you did. would never guess sure. that they would be in inventory. Why would they no. be there? No, but they were downstairs. I'm like, wait a second. These are mine. And same with a pair of L.L. Bean slippers. And I'm like, oh my, the slippers make more sense because when I go downstairs and it's cold, like, um, right, right, whatever, I can see my slippers being left down there. But anyway, it's amazing that like, it took us like, call it two hours today. Boom. We have a bag to list, a bag to donate. I, I brought up like a bunch of slippers that either didn't have sizes or they weren't a good brand or whatever. Bringing those to a consignment store, found myself a pair of shoes and slippers and like it, it just like and that was it. it and I think sometimes when it's something that's overwhelming it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger in your mind because you keep avoiding yeah. it yeah when avoidance always tackle does it when yeah. you actually just tackle it it's amazing the progress you can make even if I didn't have Tina so okay so say I did it alone because a lot of people don't have an assistant but like say I did it alone today, it would have taken me maybe three or four hours instead of an hour and a half. Right. But it's still a lot less time than if you just keep avoiding it. Yeah. Avoidance is the easiest thing to do. And we all fall victim of it. Right. I mean, how many memes are there with like, um, (laughs) my death pile, like uh, just like the funny death pile. Yeah folks where, oh yeah, I could do X, Y, and Z, but I'm going to go thrifting. And we all laugh. I mean, it's funny. Like we all do it, 
but yep. then, you know, and, and again, I, I do feel for those people who are trying to look at reseller content, like, can I really do this as a business? And all they're seeing is shopping, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I'm busy because I don't really like talking about the technical stuff. That's not my thing. Who does? It's not well, fun to talk do. about it. Some people, some yeah. creators are better about talking about the numbers and like the profit margins and business strategies and all that. I'm, I'm, it's just not me. Yeah. But it also goes... I think a lot of it too is the the community. Well, this is my opinion. I don't. There's no fact based around this, but I feel like the community enjoys seeing that shopping aspect because to them it's educational content of understanding what people are buying, what's working for this person that I look up to, and all of that. The numbers sometimes nine times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten, scare people. So yes, they may watch it, but I feel like it almost becomes. But I guess so can, I was gonna say comparison, a comparison game, but so can buying inventory and someone seeing this amazing brand that you found. And that can also become a comparison game. I mean, I go on Reddit every once in a while to just see if my name's mentioned, like if there's any shade (laughs) in the Lori Spostrom town. But I mean, a lot of the stuff that I read on Reddit about reseller content is people saying, I don't even watch hauls anymore. I only watch what's sold. I'm only interested in seeing what's sold. But the funny thing about that is 10 times out of 10, my hauls perform better than yeah. my what's sold. So I think what happens is people outside of the reseller community also like watching hauls. Resellers Agreed. like watching what's sold and like business stuff. Like mm-hmm. if I do like a business tools video, it will tank. You know, yeah. like it, even though like, and that's frustrating too. Like when you know you're putting out valuable stuff and then people aren't interested or people are asking for stuff and then it, you know, because videos take a lot of time to put together. They do. Um, they do. So anyway, so I'm like, well, why am I going to do that content when I have more fun doing this? My audience has more fun watching this. It's like, um, it's something I'm very comfortable doing. Yeah. And then, so I, I've just kind of always been like, you know, here's what, here's what I do. And then see what you like, see what you don't like. And yeah, that's it. We'll try to have a little fun. I think your channel is very fun, but I'm also biased when it comes to that. So (laughs) I'm very biased. Um, Mm -hmm. Unrelated to reselling stuff. How's the puppy? Because I'm sure people are wondering about the pup. So we've got Lumpy. We have And he's adorable. He's a love. Lumpy, I would say, is like a teenager right now. (laughs) He's very fresh. He's very like testing his boundaries, but he's a love. He's like, I don't want to jinx myself, but he's really good with potty training. I'm amazed because I feel like the other two, I just, what I keep saying about the puppy is how did we have two dogs and three children under the (laughs) age of whatever, when we had the dogs and I'm like, like my kids will look at me. So it's so funny because they wanted the puppy so bad. They're like, get the puppy. When we lost Lulu, they're like, we need a puppy. Yeah. But, and, and adult children, they're like, whoa, these dogs are work mom. I'm like, uh-huh. Well, no kidding their work but like they're like but well, we didn't get how much work they were when we were four and three you know right like, right so yeah but he's a love he's he's such a sweetheart he he he's wonderful I love him he was a good addition to the Tata family great addition I don't know that the Tata family will ever be without a dog oh I'm in the same boat whenever we've lost an animal it's like all right so we're going to give it about two weeks right and then we're going to go and get another one that's how this is going to work 
I, I think can't Jay do it. Could have definitely had some time. And now, like, as we're planning our trip to Tokyo or whatever, it's yeah. like, watch the dog. Da, 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 da. Jay's like, oh, you know, because like, you know, we yeah. were, we were, it was freedom after, you know, when we lost Lou, but it wasn't. I was heartbroken. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that it just wasn't even an option to to wait. I know. I know. He's so cute. I he's, love when he shows up in your videos. I mean, I don't think anybody has any choice. I mean, he's because <laughs> he's coming in. <laughs> yeah, he's coming in. I'm a little nervous. He's been kind of quiet. Now. Oh, he's eating right now. I, I made sure I fed him before I hopped on. He's been very <laughs> quiet. And I also took him for a walk. So. <laughs> oh, so maybe he'll fall asleep. That's yeah, a possibility. Maybe. That'd be good. So um, where where do you think Lori's Boston found will be next year? Like what what is the vision? What's the goal? What are, what are we thinking? Well, I gave myself a year to get my life in order. Um, I, I don't know. It could take less. It could take longer. We're taking down our pool that we've had for 13 years, which is also making me sad because that's like another yeah. end of an era. But because we're taking the pool down, my husband ordered a dumpster that will be here in October. Okay. And I think that's going to be really interesting. And I think mm -hmm. we're going to get rid of a lot of that stuff. So where I would like my business to be, I probably, if you would ask me this in the podcast four years ago, it's the same, but I actually think it's going to happen now. Um, yeah. I, I want every bit of my inventory accounted for. Um, I want to be able to let go of things without like nickel and diming people. Like just like if it's, if I'm making a profit and it can get out the door fast, I kind of look at my, I look at that very differently now. Um, I, I'm setting number goals, like tangible goals. Like I want to sell 150 items every month. I want to hit 500, $5,000 in sales every month. I want my, my, the number of items I sell on in eBay to increase every month. Like I, I have like numbers in mind. And I think if I keep going in that direction, that I'll get to that goal of being under a thousand items. And I, I want my business to kind of run itself a little bit. Um, I really will continue to enjoy creating content for YouTube and, you know, maybe, maybe my second, my first channel could, could be more on organizing and being a reseller with a different set of eyes now. Um, yeah. really, I don't know where that's going to go. I think that my pen channel is like my retirement plan because I could be old and, you know, sitting in a room yeah. and I could still do pen content, you know, and yep. it actually is like an older community. Um, but it's also, but there's also a lot of young people getting into fountain pens. So I think it's kind of fun and I can travel with that. Like, you yeah. know, there's, there's a lot of that stuff going on. So yeah, I, I, five years, I just want my house clean and organized and my business, I just want to have less in five years. That's what I want. I said in my that video, I want to have be more by having less. That's a great little quote. My life. Yeah, yeah, because there's so much more than just stuff. And I know that. I yeah. knew that five years ago, but like I just think that it's. I'm at a point in my life where I can yep. really put this into action, and um, and I'm grateful for that. And so I I want to stay on that path. Well, this was a great conversation and I'm sure our listeners loved it. Um, our Patreon crew, we're going to ask Lori a couple more questions. She's going to stay on for a few more minutes. So you're going to get to hear this little bit of bonus content coming your way. Everyone else, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Chat thank soon. you, everybody. It was so, that, that flew by. 
I know. Catch up with you now. I need to hear what's going on in your life. This was <laughs> yeah, very this is the private conversation. <laughs> this is very one-sided. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you Thank so much. Thank you, everybody. It's nice Bye. to be here. Bye-bye.